Hello everyone, this is Mark with Speak Brave Podcast. Welcome to another wonderful session of learning, exploration, and you know what? Let's be honest, total silliness. <laughs> hey John. Hey Mark, it's good to be with you. Hi everybody. I'm Mark's executive producer. I'll be talking with him and listening to his stories, and hopefully I can ask some of the questions that will be on your mind today on the podcast. Thank you, John. I appreciate you being here, and I appreciate everyone who is listening and becoming a part of this community. I love everyone's input. Please subscribe. Continue sharing this episode and this information with everyone in your life, because the more people learn about this, the more people we can help. Excited. Okay. Ready John, to go. Yes. John, today's topic on the podcast is I am, it's very dear to me because mm-hmm. I believe we're in this business. And the, t- the, the, the topic, actually, the title of the podcast is How to Persuade. How to Persuade Anyone, Anywhere, Anytime. I know. You're looking at me with those big eyes and trying to figure out Something. what does this even mean? How do you persuade anyone, anywhere, anytime? Mark, isn't this an audacious claim? It's an audacious it claim. It is an audacious it's claim. It's an audacious claim. I, I can't. I have to tell you, <laughs> I never really think of persuasion in terms of any time. I think persuasion is something that you work at depending All upon the time? an objective. No, I think it's something that 24/7? you work at for an objective. Okay. Oh, yes, it is an objective. Okay. So I like that because you bring some clarity. A lot of times, John, you bring, I always have this wild ideas that I'm going to go into space and International Space Station. You are going to be on the International Space Station. We need to reiterate that statement. We we do. And, but what you bring, you follow along with me most of the time, but also you bring some groundness and some analytics and some insight that I cannot get anywhere else. So thank you, John. See, I'm trying to persuade you I'm already. I'm Look at that. I'm, I'm, already, I'm already using some of the techniques I'm going to be talking about in, 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 a, in a show. So I am excited, too, that this is on video because people can actually watch you in this exchange with me and see what you're doing to stimulate me to become more involved in the process. I like Absolutely. this. Okay. So, John, let me ask you a question. Would you like to, be, would you like to have better tools for persuasion? All of us, I think, would like to so that we – well, I won't go into the detail. The fact is, yes, we need to be able to persuade better. Okay, so this episode, we're going to dedicate 100% to the art of persuasion. Okay, let's get okay. going. I can't wait. Going. How do you so start this process? We, The way that we're going to help us think about this is let's think of persuasion in three different cycles. Okay? okay. Cycle number one mm-hmm. is pre-suasion. Pre-suasion. Oh, pre-conversation. <clears throat> Pre-meeting. Pre-event. Second part is the actual conversation. It could be not just conversation where two people face-to-face, but it could be online, could be through correspondence, through letters, could be through text, through anything. The conversation. Okay? The, the actual... The exchange of ideas and talking. Right. Okay? That's the conversation. Okay. And, and third part is post-persuasion. So pre-conversation, post Make sense? Yeah. There's so, the, there's the preparation leading up uh-huh. to it, the persuasion. Uh-huh. Then there's the actual engaging of the individual or the circumstance that you're involved in. And then there is the aftermath. Exactly. Well, okay. the aftermath, the all equally important uh-huh. in a different measure. And we're going to make sure that we honor each part and understand it fully. Does that well, make let's, sense? Let's get going. Let's get going. All right. So in persuasion, pre, we're going to talk about five different points that we need to focus on. Mm-hmm. 
The focus number one is clear outcomes. In any kind of persuasion, mm-hmm. what is your clear outcome? Because a lot of times when we enter into a conversation with someone, if we do not have a clear outcome, what do we have? We have a dialogue. We just talking. We're talking without any end in mind and we have the ideas scattered all over the world, all over the universe. Conversation may go here, may go there, but if you decide beforehand what is the clear outcome of this engagement, you will be on your pathway to persuasion. Does that make sense to you? It does because I've heard the phrase always begin with the ending in mind. Love it. Okay, that's is that from Stephen Covey? I believe it is, yes. Okay. Always begin with the end in mind. And we forget. We forget. We just we we know this information. We have we, to have an outcome. We, we have to have an objective and the purpose of of engaging something. Absolutely. Number two offer. What is your offer that you're going to bring to the table? Now, this is the presentation of the sell, of the item, of the thing that has the value that you want to offer. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't necessarily have to be a tangible product. It can be an idea. It could be a... A service. Uh, Yes. Could be a service. Yes, yes. Could be a service. Could be a service. Could be um, in your business. Let's say you are... I don't know. Should I pick up on insurance, let's say, or some? Yeah, other let's use let's use insurance. Software? That's something I've been in before. Yeah. Um, what does you offer? Right. What do you, what do you offer to the uh, to the other party? What is the service? What and is you the make offer? an important distinction here because you need to clearly know and identify and understand what it is that you are offering. Yeah. Otherwise, you're just going to be coming up there throwing out possibilities, but you need to really have a clear, tangible direction. Mm-hmm. And come up with, I want to talk specifically to you about this. Exactly. So, first is a clear outcome. Second is offer. And the more, the longer, the deeper you think about your offer, the stronger your Mm -hmm. argument for persuasion becomes. Because when you think clearly about the offer, you think about the exchange of value. Mm -hmm. You think about price. You're thinking about long-term benefits. You're thinking about what... What can it do for the other person? The offer has to be solid. And the, the more you think about it, and John, I think you and I are fans of mind mapping. Oh, yes, very much right? so. I thank you and Maria Martinez for yeah. that more than anybody because right. the two of you have brought me to connect with it. Exactly. So as a mind map, uh, I have heard a podcast from, I, I, I forgot his uh, first name, but I think his last name is Schaefer. He calls himself the sales whisperer. <laughs> right. Uh, well, he's a good man. He's a good man. I learned. Oh, I'm sure he and is. But so many people use the term whisperer. It's uh, even just, I did know. that. Those back in the days when I was wild and free. <laughs> right. That, that was a that was a joke. That uh, dear listeners, yeah, unbelievable. You have to listen to the few previous podcasts to really understand <laughs> this joke. I I dare you to find it where I talked about it. I like the way you pegged the needle on this puppy too. Well, it's, it's, it was wild and free. Oh, it's. It's, 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 I, Look I, at that. Right. So I was wild and free, and I used the word whisper in one of my speeches that took me all the way to the semifinals of the World Championship of Public Speaking that, in yeah. 2015. What an honor. What a the ride. smoke whisperer. And that was so good. John, you were there. You were there with me in the front row seat. Yes, I Okay, was. so let's get back to the persuasion. So clear outcomes, uh-huh. offer, and this, the sales whisperer. He said... If you think about your business process or about your offer or anything you want to achieve in life, get the biggest sheet of white paper or whatever paper you want to find yeah. and put it on the table. 
put it on the wall and write and create a diagram that takes everything because the more detailed, the more in-depth your process, the better your offer becomes. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? It sure does. Because isn't it true that unless you write down that which you are reading and that which you are thinking and that which you are taking notes on, if you don't write it down, you diminish the possibility of remembering it Absolutely. In other words, it exponentially increases you your honor. awareness of it. And yeah, becomes... you don't honor the, the process. Exactly. Yeah, you must honor the process. Yeah. Okay, so number three. So you had clear outcomes, number one. Mm-hmm. Two was the offer. Yes. Number three is why you? Think about it. Why should anyone listen to you? What kind of relationship do you have with the other person? And that also people? must have something. Why you? What, yeah. what is your credibility? What is your? What do you bring to the table? What... Is it about you specifically that the audience, whether it's the audience of one or the audience of 100, will listen to you? Is that because you have lived it, you have tried it, you have experienced it, because you've done something yourself? Where where do you fall in this matrix? you got to believe it. Why you think about it. And the more you think about it, I believe, John, the more we think about something, the stronger our position in it becomes if it's directed in a positive way mm-hmm. does that mean does that is yes that, it is, does is that is that is do you, you've got you, to have that something that shows that you are you you own what it is you're telling people you own it you live it you step into it you grow into it mm-hmm. you become stronger yep. and you become you think about it the better it becomes and i think the companion word to that too is attitude attitude okay that's it so that was why you number three now we're still in the persuasion mm-hmm. phase okay number four is objection Killer metaphors. Ooh. Come up with those. So, Excuse me. Can I repeat that? Yeah. Objection killer. Oh, it's already starting to come, come clear to me. You have metaphors that will overcome the objections that people readily are going to use either because they think they don't need it or because they want more information. Absolutely. So what is the objection killer metaphors that you have? Can you give examples? I can. For example, if somebody says, you know, I really don't want to go to the exercise. I don't, I really don't want to exercise. I really don't. I mean, I don't have time. I don't have the desire. I don't have the energy. My hand is in the air. I am one of those people. Right. I just simply find a way to, to excuse myself from doing it that's an objection myself out of it that's, that's an, an objection, objection. Yeah. okay so how can we counteract that that's a how good can question. we counteract that a, so I'm, I'm speaking to you and i say okay john do you know that exercise is not like you do it once you don't have to do it for the rest of your life exercise is like it's like you have to feed your body you cannot store exercise in a sack on the back of your shoulder and carry it around. Oh, I did this exercise last year on Wednesdays, on one Wednesday before Labor Day. No, that, that, that's not going to work. You have to exercise on a regular basis because your body is the mechanism that holds you together, for, God, for goodness sakes. If you don't take care of your vessel, your temple, the shrine... That's right. It will, it, it, it will not go on. Well, I know. I'm sure listeners can come up with better metaphors than I me. I know, but I like it because it, it makes sense because what you're doing is you're turning it around on the individual and saying, you don't get what you have by you, doing it one time. And you, you do it with a you, smile, John. Uh-huh, right? right. You, you don't take it seriously, but you do at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think the point here is 
find the objection killer metaphors that are authentic to you as the person of persuasion. If you copy me, it's not going to work. If you copy you, it's not going to work. But find something that fits your personality, your accent, your upbringing, your level of education, whatever it is that you makes you you, find that and do it with the smile. And when I say do it with a smile, do it with a positive attitude. Because nothing ever achieved in life of value with a big, what is this, the frown? Yeah. Except that, those gifted individuals. And I'm not enjoying what I'm doing, yeah. look. And that you yeah. don't want to give that to them because it'll show that you're not convinced about what you're talking about. Exactly. There are exceptions, of course. Oh, yes. There's obviously. exceptions. And, mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I think I can come up with a few. But Good. We, we, we're not going to talk about them because I want the listeners to think about that you can do anything. And you can, whatever that you set your mind on, focus on the positive. Because the positive attracts people. You know what? We are in the attraction business. We're, we're, not, we're in a persuasion business, communication business, but we're also in the business of, of attraction. Of attracting people who are like us. Also, not necessarily who look like us, but people who, uh, who have the same spirit. They may come from different countries. They may be of different age, different socioeconomic status, mm-hmm. but they think like, well, not think like you, they, they have the same constitution in their yeah. soul. And that's what I'm really asking. Same after. needs, maybe. But persuasion yeah. is as much about us as it is about who we're talking to. Exactly. It is about... about I, is that a correct statement? Yes. It, it's about us and it's about people who we want to persuade. And also, but we also have to persuade ourselves, ourselves we, don't we, we? We have to persuade. In order to persuade anyone, you have to persuade yourself. But I also believe in the law of leverage. Oh, that's an interesting one. Talk and, more about that. And I believe that a lot of times if we're left to our own devices, we will not achieve our goals in the manner that we want. And the law of leverage, this is the law I just made up, not just, but I was thinking about it for a while, is find people, find environments, find support system that will not let you fail, that will not let you fall through the cracks of your own making. Somebody who truly cares for you, somebody who truly invested in your success, because you are invested in your success. And those people, they just want to help you because they see that you are asking for help you need help and there are people who will help you mm-hmm. if you le- if you are left to your own devices you will not succeed i think you and i both are a testimony to people that have invested in us and have done so with unselfish motives i i, I agree i agree with that we're we have benefited from um variety and actually what a variety just just dozens and hundreds of people who are willing to help and i think What's stopping us from uh, from reaching out to those people is shyness, possibly, or mm-hmm. not thinking that, or thinking that nobody wants to help us. Poor self-image. Poor self-image. Yeah. So okay. So we want to make sure we focus on persuasion. And yes, before we can convince anyone, first we must convince ourselves. Yes. That's that's the essence of a leadership. You cannot lead anyone if you cannot lead yourself. And yes. you cannot influence anyone unless you lead, um, mm-hmm. influence yourself first. Right. So as we walk through this pre-phase of persuasion, number five point in this is triggers. Mm. Think about, in your preparation, think about, write about, meditate, research. What are the triggers that you're going to bring to the table of conversation? The triggers 
that you can plant subtle way or not so subtle way but it's research it's thought about and you have thought about it extensively do you know what i'm talking about john i do okay the triggers is those those um, motivating factors that move us Mm -hmm. on a daily basis and they could be pride novelty utility scarcity and benefit extension I know I went through quite fast, but do you want? Let's, yeah, let's just go through it. Let's bit. walk we'll, through okay. each one so we understand its context. Okay, so in triggers, number one, let's say pride. You want if you want someone to move to action, and you have to use your your mental acuity and determine which one of those triggers will work the best in every situation. You cannot use them with a poor judgment you must use them judiciously isn't that right i agree with you yes okay. so pride is it's when you affirm someone as the proud owner of an accomplishment or proud owner of this new service that you offer or the proud investor in their own education so you offer pride but i think before you even go deeper into these triggers i think number one requirement is you must really care about the people you must really care about the people you are trying to persuade this is just the way I look at life I mean not you may not agree with it and somebody who's listening you may not agree you want to use the persuasion strategies for you know you want to for your own gain but I believe in the long term in the life that you have been given on this earth I think if you truly care about your audience and you truly care about the people you deal with it will it will come back to you it will show up and it may not give you immediate results now but it will give you payoff in the long term i think zig ziglar points that out when he says you will get what you want in life if you just help enough people to get what they want exactly exactly so that's number one and so then you can establish that mindset then go into pride the second trigger to think about is novelty our brain craves novelty. We crave new experiences. We crave new foods. We crave new places to go. We crave new experiences. We crave new movies, books, ideas, because that's what keeps us going. That's what keeps it. There's some kind of tingling sensation. There's some kind of um, excitement that we get when we, when we are uh, confronted with a new situation. Isn't that right? It's the magic of discovery. I believe so. I believe so. So that's it. So uh, pride, novelty, and third one is utility. Mm. U- utility is how is the service going to be useful to the person? How are they going to be useful to the to the people you're dealing with? Does that... Yes, and I can see it too from two points. A lot of salespeople look at a customer as a means to their end. But when you can get the customer in a position where you're helping them seek a means to their own personal ends, then what you've done is you've created utility that they feel they benefit from. Yeah, and it also helps um, to establish rapport. And because a lot of when we enter a sales situation or any kind of a persuasion situation, there's always this tension. There's always this tension and conflict potentially because. You think, okay, the other people, the other person is always looking out for themselves, and mm-hmm. we already know that, and we, we they are guilty 
uh, even before they even speak a word. This is the history of the sales relationship. It's always had that adversarial component, and overcoming that and creating rapport Mm -hmm. is such a critical thing. But to create rapport, genuine rapport, you have got to demonstrate that you are there because you care about the customer. Absolutely. And if I may, I can reveal a little story that I have uh, that touched me deeply. A few years ago, I was in a retail environment. Mm -hmm. I was selling home improvement goods and uh, home um, appliances as well. And one of the customers walked into my store and said, I am looking for the best, the best type of refrigerator for my home. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, let me see what I can help you with. And I said, okay, have you looked at this brand? He said, yes. Have you looked at this brand? Yes. Have you looked at this brand? I said, yes. And then I said, have you looked at this brand? And he said, no. And I say, well, this is the best refrigerator, but you cannot buy it from me. I don't have access to it. I don't know who sells it, but this is the best value for your money, for what you want. The customer left, bought the refrigerator, or inquired about it at another dealership, at another place. A few days later, he returned with his fiance and put down a deposit for a large purchase in, into the tune of five figures for another project. And he came back and said, Mark, you're the only person who said, this is the best refrigerator for my home, but you cannot sell it to me. You have just established trust and credibility with just those two sentences. And I trust you with my next purchase. What? <laughs> that, that, that was major revelation to me. An unselfish act that led to a much more profitable act. So instead of selling a refrigerator, you gained the greater value. You got to do the design so that that thing which you pointed them to that was yeah. best for that need becomes part and incorporated in a design that you created for That, that was my price of admission to work with this customer. It who, was worth who, it. Who was well-equipped to invest in my service. And not only that, I introduced that customer to a larger ecosystem for even more services mm-hmm. for his residents and his business. I like so, that. So this, this story really shook me up because we already have an adversarial position sometimes in sales. But and, you just wiped it right out. And I discovered it Trust. Accidentally, accidentally. Trust with credibility. I'm not saying that you should do this every time and no. you know, send business to here, but I think the point I'm honing in and highlighting is serve the customer the mm-hmm. best way for their needs and have that as a mindset. Because mm-hmm. I also can dig deep down inside and I will tell you some other stories about my business practice where I did not serve the customer in the best way. And there was and, a cost associated with it. And there was it. a cost. And I think the, uh, the cost is the cost in integrity. And the cost in integrity is a big one to take. Mm-hmm. And I know, that, I don't know if you can relate to this, John, but that's really, you know, it, it's an experience that really uh, molded me in the person I am today. I'm seeing, too, that that particular aspect that you've just shared with us creates lasting relationships. And one of the things that I've always valued is that when you gain the client, that you and the client maintain a relationship with each other because they trusted you, you kept your word, you provided them with a quality product, but more importantly, 
you maintained contact with them so that they were kept abreast of changes in that particular type of field, improvements that came along, updates that they could be alerted to. Mm-hmm. I think the great salespeople, and I was watching Tony Robbins last night. On Netflix? No, actually, I was watching him on, of all things, one of those TV shows where they were following him around, (laughs) and they were talking about the impact that he has upon people. And here's the thing about Tony Robbins that I like and impressed me. Tony is always talking about how he can change lives and make people realize what they have and make that work for them in whatever vocation, area, specialty, uh, business profession that they're in. And he is so disarmingly genuine, forthright. His integrity just oozes out of his pores. Mm -hmm. He has become so capable of motivating through integrity and honesty and credibility while giving concrete provable, usable tools to people. This is the quintessential selling model, really. It is also an inspiration because Tony Robbins continues to reinvent himself. He does. He does not sit in a place in our mind. He sits in that place in our mind. We know who he is. We know his brand. He goes deeper. He goes beyond expectations. And I feel that he is a role model to us, to you, to me. I don't know if he is a role model to you, but he certainly for me. And I I can no matter, see his effect in this. <laughs> I can see his ability to affect you. Yeah. I I want to get back to this for yeah. just a Let's, second. We do we do have a couple more. Yeah, th- so, I, this is triggers. really interesting in the triggers. All right. So as we go into the pre suasion, the mm-hmm. pre preparation, the pre the preparation for the uh, and it's looking like this is going to be part one because part one, yes, we're this. just we're still talking about persuasion and, and there's and two other is, phases too and this about. is so rich yeah but now let's recap what were the first three that we've already talked about here so the triggers as you prepare are pride mm-hmm. novelty yes utility utility the fourth one is scar- scarcity 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 sometimes as a person as the student of persuasion scarcity is a scare tactic i believe mm, okay but i i know i know i, I can see I, the I, no, I, I, I can I, see the negative you, you may you may get this feeling inside your stomach it's like oh it's it's a little slimy or oh, it's a little bit disingenuous but scarcity if it's presented in a way that is real that exists that it does exist i believe it works quite well can I also flip it? But in yeah, a, well, uh, of course, yeah. Okay, now, first of all, you what you want to do is you want to acknowledge the fact that the scarcity aspect of what it is that you are going to present to that individual that is going to arouse their pride and their desire mm-hmm. to possess it has to be established in the sense that you are the person presenting that which is not available from just anybody. Mm-hmm. You are the person that can present it to them and help them to own it yeah. and possess it. Exactly. So it only comes from, I see what you're saying. Okay. But at the same time, can I flip it over to the relational situation of the rapport building? Right. 
people do you get phone calls from people all the time trying to solicit you to buy this this and this would you say that in the course of an average day if you're like me you might get 15 to 20 of these types of phone calls from solicitors well you're probably more popular than me john so no i don't get that many but i get a few we see them coming yeah. immediately as soon as you hear they're reading from a script. It's the same jargon. Now, somebody comes to your house on an appointment. They sit down. They're presenting something that's sold by 100 other companies in the United States, but they want to get you to buy their product because they're telling you there's a superior. But generally speaking, what's going to make them sell it to you as opposed to anybody else in the long run is going uh-huh. to be the difference that they bring right. to that dialogue. The scarcity of people with credible personalities and credible sincerity it makes the world a difference there you go and world a difference that's a scarcity too wow there are not enough good people in this world who truly have unselfish motives friends john i knew i liked to have you here at this podcast well you're part of my every podcast but i know you bring such level of insight that is unbelievable thank you so much we do have scarcity and i cannot even think like that because i forgot about it because i thought everyone is has a high level of integrity but it's not true i have to confess it's not true so and we have to strive for that and if one strives for that that comes with them and that makes you memorable make you stand out Oh, yes. Make you stand out. And that's what we need. What's what Tony Robbins says. So in as we go into triggers, the fifth trigger I want to mention is benefit extension. Yes. So if you will be persuaded with my offer by you taking this action, your family will benefit. Your community at large will benefit. The people you love and care will benefit. Your students will benefit. Your teachers will benefit. Not just, so you're not only thinking about that particular person, but also the larger ecosystem, the larger sphere of influence of that person who will be affected if they move to an action or buy from you or, or get that offer. Does that make sense? Oh, it does, because that's where the referral industry comes into mind. People are so totally happy with what you have done for them and with the candor and the sincerity and the integrity and the selfless approach that you bring right. in giving them something that's beneficial, they want their friends to know about it. The greatest and selling we'll, technique and is we'll the referral it. process. And we'll talk about it. And I know, John, I did mention this to you. So as we will continue this series of episodes on persuasion, I will mention something. I will mention about the wedding mafia. Oh, remember that? I, note I this, you. ladies so and gentlemen. I will talk about it in the, the future. Wedding Mafia. <laughs> Married <laughs> to the Mafia. Well, not, not no, 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 no. That's that's not that's, the same that's, thing. That's not the same. But I like where you're going with this. So, in a in a as as in a journey of persuasion, uh-huh. we have talked about there's three phases: mm-hmm. pre, actual conversation, and then post. In this episode, we only covered five major elements of pre preface the preparation which were clear outcomes Mm -hmm. what is the offer why you objection killer metaphors and triggers they are pride novelty utility scarcity and benefit extension so in the next episodes we'll talk about the actual engagement the actual conversation we're going to be talking about 
how do you observe question relate how do you how do you endear the ego and persuade with power but most importantly with integrity and that's coming up in the future episode thank you john for being part of this journey i hope you had a, as much fun as I had uh, talking about this. <laughs> oh, I can't begin to tell you how much I enjoyed this. This thing just got more and more enjoyable the further we dug into yes. it, and it's it's helping me. Yes. So thank you, everyone, for listening. And subscribe, share with your friends, share it with the world. Share the, the, the message of Speak Brave, because it, this is a community of courage. Thank it you is. for being part of it. Don't forget to speak brave, and I'll see you next week.